Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. As we continue along our O-P-E-N-S, our OPENS formula for midlife renewal, we turn today to the E, which stands for exercise, and the N, which stands for nutrition. And over the next several programs, we're going to discuss the two together as twin cornerstones to a healthy, energetic mind, body, and spirit at middle age. And heck, you and I both know that it's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to refresh and re-energize the mind and spirit in a low-energy, 50-pound, overweight body. And to begin our journey, let's address a challenge common to so many of us, including yours truly, in our 40s, 50s, and 60s, how to lose weight and keep it off. And first, let me tell you what never seems to work for me, and I'll bet it doesn't for you either. It's that's those uh, TV and radio commercials that promote a magic diet formula, detox, or pill that promises you'll take 10 or 15 pounds off within the first week or the first month. No pain, no deprivation, no strenuous exercise, just fun and games. And uh, just take that magic pill or follow, uh, pill or follow that tasty diet, of course, with food you purchase from the sponsor. And uh, just like it worked for your favorite TV personality, the pounds will quickly disappear, never to return. And for most of us, one or two results is also likely to occur. You make if little if any progress in actually losing weight and give up in disgust, very short of your weight loss goal. And worst of all, you probably blame yourself for failing. Or two, you reach your targeted weight. Uh, wait, you're briefly so proud and satisfied, but then you let your guard down as you celebrate victory, and slowly but surely over the next few weeks or months or years, you gain all that lost weight back and perhaps a little more, the famous uh, infamous yo-yo effect. And wouldn't you love to get off this treadmill, uh, drop weight sensibly, and keep it off for the rest of your life? Well, uh, you can still savor your food intake, but in a different way and permanently alter those eating habits and your approach to food, not because you have to, but because you really want to. And I've got some great news. My first guest today, Renee Jones, has accomplished her goal of permanent weight loss after 40 years of trying, and she's here to share how she did it, her secret, and to help you and me uh, disarm our triggers of comfort eating free us from the stress and shame of failure and once and for all get off that yo-yo and renee jones is trained as a chaplain with a master's degree in marriage and family counseling she opened her international counseling and coaching practice in 2011 and in 2012 she lost 20 pounds again but this time she didn't gain it back and she's author of a brand new Amazon bestseller titled What's Really Eating You? Overcoming the Triggers of Comfort Eating. And I love that title, What's Really Eating You? And hello, Renee Jones, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for having me. 
Well, let's begin with your story. After 40 years of yo-yo up and down, uh, yo-yoing up and down, what uh, changed for you in 2012 that finally helped you keep that extra weight off for good? What what was different this time from all the previous efforts? Well, I think a big part of it was confronting the emotional eating bear that had hold of me. Yeah, I know you said you dealt with stuff that triggered comfort eating. What What is stuff? <laughs> well, everybody's stuff is different, you see, Roy. I mean, the, oh, the thing is, what, what will set me off might not set you off. But oh, the thing is, once we kind of figure out, okay, what is driving this bus, then you can change it. You can you can turn it around and go the right direction. Yeah. Once you have a, an opportunity to kind of arrest that thought process and just stop it, then you can think sensibly about, okay, do I really need that donut? No, what I need is something else, and then you go get that. Yeah, I love the. Um, you have an excellent video on your website, uh, packyourownbag.com. You describe a fun four-step process to go through every time you're about to eat for comfort. Can you please describe for us those four steps? I love that. Sure. Um, And I call it, now I call it getting the hang of it, because the acronym is HANG, and it is H, as you think, am I actually hungry? (laughs) If you're you're hungry, sure, you have something to eat, but if you're not actually hungry... Then the A is attraction. What is your attraction to food? It's talking Um, to me and saying, eat me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and sometimes it's it's just something within us that we recognize we need something else, and that's the end. What do I actually need right now other than food? Because it could be you just need a hug or you need to go play with a dog or you need to walk around the building. But there's something that you need and you're trying to to pacify yourself with the food. So the G is go. Go get that. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Hang. Am I I hungry? The attraction uh, is, or the H is hungry. The A is attraction. The... uh, Need is what's the real need other than food, and then go get it. So, gee, I like that. It's pretty simple. <laughs> well, based upon your experience working with clients all around the world, are there um, one or two diets, di- detox, or pills that tend to work for everyone in losing weight and uh, keep it uh, keeping it off? Does one diet size fit all? Or <laughs> no, no, because our bodies are so fearfully and wonderfully made, we're all so individual. Yeah. Some diets will work for some people at certain times. Yeah. I mean, I lost my weight on low fat, but I was also hungry all the time. I was mad all the time, and I was exhausted all the time. <laughs> it worked, but it didn't. I couldn't maintain it. Yeah. So I, I shifted mine to something else. And then else. after all that. Di- uh, period of you feel like you're depriving yourself, then you celebrate by by going back to normal and gaining it all back. It's almost like an alcoholic who celebrates sobriety by going on a bender. Yeah, just one one time. (laughs) Which, of course, sets off all of our our tendencies again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this is interesting. Although you say there's no one diet or weight loss procedure that works for all, in your book you do tell us that there is a no-nonsense magic bullet of weight loss. Pray tell, what is this magic bullet and how can we get it? The magic bullet is the power of your intention. And if you choose to keep working at it and making good choices, if you intend to get there, then you will. If you, Here's the thing. I mean, I, I was talking to my mother-in-law one day. She said, well, I'm just not in the mindset to do this. I said, then you'll never get it done because you have to create that mindset for yourself that, no, this is what I actually want, and I will go work on this until I get there. No, no, that's, that's so true. Well, I don't know about our listeners, but personally I'm sick and tired of being on the yo-yo and I'm mm. far from obese, but it seems like my constant goal is to drop 10 to 15 pounds. And in early 2015, I achieved my target weight and was so pleased. But over the past couple of years, I've uh, my weight's been cre- creeping up, and now I'm back about to what I weighed in 2014. Can you please describe uh, briefly an effective exit strategy from that yo-yo experience? <laughs> Boy, that would be <laughs> wonderful to know. <laughs> Well, and part of that is just recognizing that the number one reason that diets fail is because we look at them as a short-term solution rather than as training. There, There are recipes that I have collected along the way that are, you know, technically diet recipes, but they taste good. I like them. They're satisfying. And I continue to use them because they help me maintain my weight. So if you can just say, look, because I hit my goal doesn't mean I then get to go on a food bender. I have to actually utilize some of this knowledge and continue to eat this way to a certain extent. Now, does that mean you can never have, you know, a crazy eat all you want? No, of course not. But yeah. just do that maybe once a month rather than once a week. I think it's interesting in your book. I think you point out that you were uh, you used to have a real love for these uh, peanut butter uh, and chocolate. I guess Reese's uh, pieces. Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Peanut butter cups. But then uh, after I, what was it? Some Easter, you decided that really that taste wasn't all that great, and it wasn't something you just had to have. Mm. How did yeah. that work? Well, you know, Easter and Halloween, they put out this form that is either an egg or a pumpkin, which to me gives you the perfect ratio of peanut butter to chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband liked them. My grandmother liked them. They were, you know, they're just part of my life. So um, I bought us both a bag, our own bag to have, and... I sat down with my my peanut butter cup this time, and I cut it into pieces, and I thought, I'm actually going to taste this and see if I still like it. And I was devastated that it just didn't taste right anymore. And, (laughs) you know, the peanut butter was fine, but the chocolate just tasted waxy. And I handed him my bag, and I said, who's the lucky boy then? You get both bags. (laughs) And I've never had another one. I'll be darned. Yeah. Well, uh, what what kind of foods have you substituted for that that, uh, you know, is sort of a pleasure now to, to eat, but it's more um, healthy? 
Yeah, well, there are occasions when I will have a square of really dark chocolate with like a teaspoon of natural peanut butter. Yeah. So it doesn't have sugar in it. Um, Or, you know, there, there are some wonderful foods that each person will like. I mean, yeah. you know what your foods are. Yeah. And if you, if you can stop to actually taste them, and that was the thing for me. I had eaten those for so long that I'd never tasted it anymore. I just popped it in my mouth and off I went. Yeah, but when I slowed the, the... down, I thought, oh, this isn't, this isn't right. But, you know, you can make versions of just about anything. This yeah. summer I've been playing with um, sugar-free ice creams. Oh, yeah. I've been making sugar-free ice cream, and yeah. it's been wonderful. Yeah, no, I, I, no, I always uh, thought that I loved caramel Sundays, and uh, recently I made a caramel Sunday, and I said, and I said, this this caramel really doesn't taste all that exceptional. <laughs> Why am I so in love with this? <laughs> now, see, that's it. So many times we're just so accustomed to eating it. Yeah. That we don't stop to taste it. We just stuff it in our mouths. Yeah, and of course the uh, branding marketeers in the world try to teach us that this their product has a special taste that uh, we get enamored mm. to. That, uh, mm. This brand of coffee tastes better than that brand or whatever. Not that coffee's fattening, but uh, <laughs> sometimes when you think about it, you can't really tell one from the other. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we tend to add things to coffee that add lots of calories. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) no offense to Starbucks. (laughs) No offense to anybody, but you know we can we can make um, you know during the wars, uh, World War One, World War Two, when you know food was a little more rationed. My grandmother used to make a buttermilk pie, which is just butter, sugar, and like. Buttermilk, I'm guessing. Oh. I mean, that was those were just basic ingredients they had, and that was their pie. We can make anything into something that is not so good for us or has too much sugar in it for us. Well, in Chapter 1 of your book, I got a kick out of this. You suggest we take a personal food holiday, eating anything and everything we could possibly want. And that certainly sounds counterintuitive to losing weight, but what's the one rule you impose on participants so that this food holiday ultimately makes a lot of sense? (laughs) They have to stop and enjoy every bite. That's such a hazard in modern society. We all wolf down (laughs) our meals and rush off to the Internet or whatever. Well, and what I what I tell clients is, if you're not going to take time to enjoy the food, you may as well be eating celery because you'll get just as much benefit from it. Yeah, that's a you good know, point. we we and we do. We go through the drive-through and eat on our way to some place, or we fly through the kitchen and throw food at people. You know, say, eat, let's get this over with so we can get on to the next thing. And it's like, wait, 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 Um, we put so much store in food, and yet we don't take time to enjoy it. Yeah, isn't that ridiculous? In fact, if if people tell me, but I have to have this, man in particular, like ice cream after dinner. And I say, okay, if you want the ice cream after dinner, try it this way. Go to the table, use a bowl and a spoon and a placemat. 
sit down at the table, focus on the, the ice cream, and really enjoy it. Hmm. And then they'll say, but I want to eat it while I'm watching TV. I said, then you're not <laughs> focusing on the ice cream. Amen. <laughs> if, you're go- if you're going to, you know, blow your diet by eating a certain food, at least show the food the same respect that you're showing your cravings. Sit down <laughs> and enjoy it. And it makes a difference in how we we experience it. And we don't have to worry about, you know, getting to the point of, well, I didn't notice it, so I don't remember eating it. (laughs) In fact, I remember I heard something, um, a clip or something from one of Oprah Winfrey's shows, and she said when she went to France, she bought two croissants because she knew she would inhale the first one. She wanted to enjoy the second one. I was thinking, just enjoy the first one. Yeah, maybe that's why she was on a yo-yo for so long. Maybe so. <laughs> she inhaled we, the first one. But, well, it won't be too to long until it. once again we enter the late autumn and early winter holiday season, the old triple-header Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas and New Year's office parties and uh, celebrations, and then a family Christmas dinner. And it's such a great opportunity to quickly gain back all those extra pounds we so diligently fought to use or to lose. Uh, Is there any practical guide to navigating this season of potential gluttony without offending our hostess? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Roy, I call that the five-week food orgy. Oh. (laughs) Um, Yes. Here's the thing. So many of the foods that we have at holidays, whether they're winter holidays or the summer barbecues, um, so much of the food is a memory encased in barbecue sauce, pastry, yeah. dressing, yeah. what, whatever, chocolate. Yeah. They're all a bunch of memories. Just like me with my, my Reese's peanut butter cup, part yeah. of that was a memory of time with my grandmother. Oh. And if you can kind of, you know, step back and say, okay, we've always had these foods, but do I still like them? Do they fit my taste? now are they healthy for me and if you want them sure indulge that day it is a holiday just you know work around the other meals on either side of that day um, rather than eating for five weeks straight don't keep munching on all those christmas candies and other treats every day up leading up to well, Christmas and after it. <laughs> well, and and let's think about this. You know, it, it is a holiday season. Maybe have one or two. Don't make yourself sick every day trying everything available. Yeah. You know, just be a little sensible about it. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, what if you tried for years to lose weight and keep it off and you're sick and tired of the effort? Is it okay to accept yourself as your present weight and vanquish the shame of weighing more than convention says you should and go on to enjoy your second half of life? What's the key to acceptance of your present weight? Well, I think um, if if you get to a point where you are just frustrated, yeah. Yeah, let it go. You, not everybody has to be skinny thin. I mean, if if we look at at our country now, there is more acceptance of fuller figures. Yeah. And that's okay. And if if you don't want to be on a diet, don't go on a diet. This is not required. It's just it may be a little more healthy for you. Yeah. yeah but it's that's... it's 
there's nobody who's going to be standing there on the the scale police. Do what you want for you. Because yeah, I like the way don't. you said uh, you consciously uh, make your present weight and appearance your choice and you own it. <laughs> so yeah, that you're not, you know, if you accept who you are and what you are, and maybe it's not so difficult to, uh, to, to get along with that, even if you weigh a little more than what you'd like. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's up to you. You get to make these choices. Well, hallelujah just, just after be okay weeks. with it. Yeah, hallelujah, after weeks of trying, you finally made your target weight. You want to stay <laughs> here at this healthy weight. What's the secret to weight maintenance once you've arrived at where you want to be? Um, not going on a bender day after day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, oh, I got to my weight. Now I can have everything that I've been missing. Well, yes, but let's be sensible because if you go back to doing what you always did, you will get what you always got. <laughs> so be careful about how often you indulge. And yeah. and then, you know, kind of step back and think, again, what is it that I want out of this food? Is there another way to get that, whatever that happens to yeah. be? Yeah. Do you, are you, do you want entertainment? Well, watch TV. <laughs> or read a book. But do don't I eat want, while you're doing so. <laughs> yeah. Do I want love? Well, find someone to love, and guess what comes back to you? Yeah. Do I want, you know, just something to do? Well, there are lots of things you can do that are fun that don't involve food. Yeah. So I think it's just that mindset. We, we kind of associate food as just the baseline for everything, and that doesn't have to be true for us. We can entertain ourselves without food yeah. in our hands. Well, let's talk a bit about your new book, What's Really Eating You. And I especially like books like yours that encourage reader action. Uh, please tell how you begin and end each chapter in, uh, with these first action. I love the way that's set up. Ah, Well, I, I always start with something to do, a way to maybe think about it a little bit differently. It could be an assignment. Um you know, to help you kind of um, like a craving buster. Yeah. Here's here's something you can do to help with that issue. Yeah, and you then, call it a quick start guide, I think, in the book, as I recall seeing. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a quick start guide. And yeah. then at the end, there is a shifting gears oh. to kind of help you think about whatever that topic happens to be. Maybe yeah. a little bit differently. How do you then use the information? And then I also have a section called For Your Consideration that are basically counseling questions that I ask my clients to get them to think, okay, so what do I think about this? How do I want to do this differently? What is driving the behavior? Well, your book is, uh, you know, dime, uh, diet books are a dime a dozen. Your your book isn't really a, a diet book. It's more about you know, the emotions and the self-assessment, uh, but d does your book actually contain any specific diet recommendations? Or uh... um, I think the one diet recommendation I have is look at your use of sugar, because oh. <laughs> for me, that was that was the thing that continually sank my effort, yeah. because I was, I just was so into sugar, and one of the things that I have done in the last three years is I decided I only have sugar on Sundays. 
because that was a way that I could limit my sugar. And, yes, there were times I was standing in the pantry staring down the chocolate chips through gritted teeth saying, I only have sugar on Sunday. And, you know, now sometimes I have sugar on Sundays and sometimes I don't because the, the truth is that once you kind of get away from it for a week yeah. or so, the craving for it goes away. Yeah, that's a great idea. You say, talk about little steps at a time and how they add up to big steps and big weight yeah. loss. I like that. Yeah, for me, this is the book that I needed because, I yes, I have hundreds of diet books or have had hundreds of diet books over the yeah. years, and I've used different ones at different times. But that wasn't the problem. The food is seldom the problem. It's the emotions, or it was for me, it was the emotions that drove me to food. Well, where best should our listeners go to preview and purchase your book? Well, uh, Amazon is always uh, available. You can get the Kindle there or the hardback or paperback. Uh, You can go to your local bookstore and order it. Or you can go to its own website, whatsreallyeatingyou.com, and there's a special offer there. Yeah, I noticed uh, for just $13, you'll ship the book to you anywhere in the U.S., it says in in that offer. So it sounds like a good deal. Well, let's say a listener would like to learn more about you, access your blog, and perhaps retain you as a weight loss counselor. Uh, Do you have a a different website where we can go for that? I I know I found one. uh... Yes, it's packyourownbag.com. Okay, <laughs> packyourownbag.com. That's that's uh, where you go to learn all about Renee uh, and her. Uh, she has great blogs on there and uh, also uh, more about her and her background and everything. So the, well, in conclusion, I think it's great as she continually tells us in TV ads that Marie Osmond has lost 50 pounds on Nutrisystem, and I'm certain that Nutrisystem Weight Watchers and all the other diet solutions out there work for a lot of folks, but will they work for you? And before you try any diet pill or nutrition method, it's time first to examine you, your mind, your body, and your spirit, what motivates you to keep eating that comfort food, what are some alternatives to eating when you suffer a disappointment or are under stress, and indeed, how really important is weight loss to you, and what permanent life changes are you willing to implement, and all those uh, subjects come up in, in Renee Jones's book. And in summary, what ideal mix of diet and exercise and lifestyle will work best for you? And before you plunge into any serious weight reduction effort, I highly recommend you preview and purchase Renee Jones's new book, What's Really Eating You? Because a healthy and energetic body certainly is a key element to a joyful and productive second half of life. And thanks a million, Renee Jones, for joining us today. Best of success with your book and your counseling. Thank you very much, Roy. Here's a bleak scenario. Most Americans are as unprepared for retirement as the U.S. was for Pearl Harbor in 1941. That's the warning of Roger Allen Friedman, veteran chartered planning counselor and financial industry executive. And you may recall that Roger was a guest on our May 8th show. The good news, the bleak scenario doesn't have to include you. But the time to take control of your own retirement is now, and to help, Roger Friedman has prepared a brand-new special report titled The Beneficiary Minefield, 
19 retirement account mistakes you must avoid. And regardless of your age today, this special report is a must-read for anyone that, with an IRA or other type of retirement account. And if you don't have one now, it's high time to get started, isn't it? And Roger's special report is chock full of information, information you should consider before you retire, not after. Read it, study it, and become educated on what might be the most important topic for a joyful, hassle-free carefree retirement and you can find roger's extremely helpful special report online at rogeronretirement.com slash shop that's r-o-d-g-e-r on retirement.com slash shop check it out today renee jones has given us some great advice on losing weight and keeping it off and to do so one of the elements that we certainly must eliminate from our lives is stress Stress so often is accompanied by comfort eating and weight gain, as we all know. And Mayo Clinic recently issued some guidelines on de-stressing that I'd like to share with you today as to close our program. And if you're feeling stressed, step back and assess your stress levels. Are you feeling overwhelmed and fatigued? Why are you feeling overwhelmed? It's great to get to the cause. Are your muscles tight or is your jaw sore from grinding or clenching your teeth at night? Do you feel anxious or moody or do you have headaches and trouble sleeping? Well, these are red flags that you might be under stress. And stress is a significant contributor to sleep problems. Chronic stress also can contribute to heart disease, obesity, like I told you, and depression, as well as other health problems. And good self-care is an important way to cope with life's stresses. Set aside time each day to check in with yourself. Organize your thoughts and to-do list so that you feel ready to tackle your commitments. If you're having further problems, get to the base cause. Figure out what's causing you all that stress. Maybe it isn't all that important after all. Take a bath or enjoy a massage to relieve your tense muscles. Find a fulfilling creative outlet such as art or music. Reconnect with hobbies you enjoy or try something new. Socialize with folks with similar interests. It will take your mind off those problems that are causing you so much stress. You know, getting proper sleep, adequate exercise, and a healthy diet can also help you keep stress in check. Relaxation is invaluable for maintaining your health, uh, refreshing and repairing the toll that uh, stress takes on your mind and body, and many relaxation techniques and practices such as meditation, deep breathing, yoga, visualization, progressive muscle relaxation, and mindfulness, we've talked about most all of these at some point on this program, all of them help you to slow down, refocus your attention, and increase your sense of well-being. Also, for God's sake, go easy on yourself. Silent that persistent inner critic. It's not doing you any good. You are a wonderful, totally unique creation of God, so act like one. Now relax and start thinking positive thoughts about today, tomorrow, and your long-range future. There's absolutely no reason not to think positively because you have the ability to overcome whatever challenge life may throw at you. It works, so go for it. And now uh, let's all go out and get rid of that stress, 
Have a positive outlook on today, tomorrow, and the future. And we'll talk to you next time on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 